Everyone's so busy keeping up. Forget about the Joneses, we all on our telephones. With the texts and the tweets and the beats. What he said, she said, can't even follow the three. Down the hole, we all go. Me, I like keeping up too. With my corona and my attitude. That's La Vida Masfina. Relax responsibly. Corona Extra Beer. Imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. Now that Carlos Correa is gone, what do the Twins do, if anything? Let's get into, get into it here on Chin Music, our baseball show at TalkNorth.com. The lineup is usually Lavelle Emil III, columnist at the Star Tribune, Roy Smalley, former Twins great and current Twins broadcaster. I'm Jim Suhan from the Star Tribune, and our producer is Brandon Morton. Roy is out of pocket today. It's going to be myself and Lavelle. Uh, we are talking on Friday, a couple a few days after Carlos Correa informed the Twins he was going to sign with the San Francisco Giants for a ridiculous 13 years, $350, $60 million, whatever it is. Twins offered 10 years, $285 million. Uh, Carlos Rodon, another possible target, just signed with the Yankees for a lot of money. I'm told that the Twins are not don't think they have a chance at, at Dansby Swanson, the Best free agent left on the market. Uh, also an excellent shortstop. I, I've been told that Swanson wants to play in either Atlanta or Chicago for personal reasons. So the Twins probably aren't going to make a big free agent signing at this point. What happens next, if anything, Lavelle? Well, uh, basically they're screwed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, in order, they have no option here in terms of. Uh, significantly augmenting uh, the roster unless they could swing what would be akin to a blockbuster trade. And I guess because of some of the prospects they have in the system and maybe some of the young arms they do have under control, that perhaps they could um, swap with someone. But uh, who's ready and prepared to give up top-end talent that can help the Twins win this year, I don't know. I just, Jim, I just think that, you know, if you were going to fish in the deep ends of the free agent pool, you can't do it with a five pound test line. And I think that's where the twins ended up in this one, where they got blown out of the water uh, by a, a contract uh, of 13 years offered by the San Francisco Giants. Scott Boris is going to set a precedent one way or the other. He couldn't do it with AAV. He couldn't kind of got close in uh, total package value, but he did it in terms of years uh, offered. He is going to push the envelope somehow, some way, and any team that deals with him with an elite free agent has to be prepared to to offer something of a landmark deal in order to make it happen. And uh, the Twins waited around. Um, Correa waited out the market, and they got burned. So now... You know, they're looking at a payroll that's under $120 million, which I think is in the top, the bottom, like six or seven in baseball. Um, and, you know, they've got they got places where they can upgrade. Um, there's reports about them showing interest in Justin Turner or A.J. Pollock or uh, even Joey Gallo. And that does absolutely nothing for me. Um, to me, they needed to upgrade the 
I thought Carlos Rodon would have been a great upgrade for that rotation, a guy who could front that rotation, and a left-hander, something or someone they haven't had uh, since damn near Johan Santana. But that didn't come to fruition. So it, it looks like a fruitless offseason for the Minnesota Twins. Well, it certainly does here on December, what are 16th? Uh, and But, well, let's get into it. I, I, I want to get into the actual contract offers and what could be ahead. Reminder, this is Chin Music, our baseball show at TalkNorth.com. Check out all of our shows at TalkNorth.com. A couple of Vikings shows, a lot of hockey shows. We have everything covered, though. Preps, uh, Wild, Wolves with John Krasinski. Uh, football with uh, John with, with John Krasinski on one show and Jeff Diamond on the other. We have outdoor content, Mike Grimm's Go Gopher podcast, Dave Lee. Uh, thanks to our producer, Brandon Morton. Uh, best way to listen to this show or any show, subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It is free. It is easy. Also want to thank Head Flyer Brewing for hosting the Cheryl Reeve show and the Winter Wear Drive last night. Uh, it was a great time. Check out the Cheryl Reeve show if you're inter- interested in any of that or if you can donate to, to help, you know, homeless youth get through our brutal winters. We would appreciate that. And thanks to the sponsor of this show, Corona, the official import beer sponsor of the Minnesota Twins and the presenting sponsor of the Chin Music Show at TalkNorth.com. If you know any business that would like to advertise with this show or this network, Karen Cleary is our sales executive, K-C-L-E-A-R-Y at TalkNorth.com. So here's the thing. I think it's so easy to just paint anybody who doesn't land, you know, extravagant free agents as like being the loser. I think the loser is the San Francisco Giants. Uh, I think they they gave a 13-year contract to a player pretty much knowing that the last three, four, five years, they're going to be paying $27 million a year for somebody who really can't play at anywhere that level. I think 10-year, $285 million is borderline crazy, but you're kind of saying, okay, uh, maybe maybe he's still a productive player at the end of a 10-year contract when he's 37, 38. Uh, yeah, the Giants yeah. gave him a ridiculous deal. So so I, I just have a hard time blaming any team, including the Twins, for not matching a 13-year deal for a 28-year-old shot, shortstop who is not a perennial MVP candidate, uh, who is not one of the – you know he's a, he's a wonderful player. I think he's a good dude. I think he's a leader. I think I love everything about him. He's not Bryce Harper. No, he's not. And I, I will say this. Now, I'll address both sides of this issue. Um, no way am I condoning that the Twins should have matched that offer. Uh, 13 years is lunacy to me. And uh, I will be 70 years old by the time that contract is expired. And, and you're only 30 just, now. That's a long time. <laughs> I know. So it makes me feel really old uh, when you look at it from that, that angle. Um, it's an incredible outlay. But I will say this about San Francisco. Um, this keeps them under the luxury tax. And the first four or five years of the deal, they're probably paying him less than what uh, he would. If you go on fan graphs and look at the calculations, uh, Carlos Correa is a 30 to 35, maybe $40 million player. And the Giants are paying him below that for the first half of that contract or the first you know, third of that contract. So um, from their from their viewpoint, this fits in for what they want to do. Um, yes, he plays a premium position. Yes, he is a good offensive player. Not great. Uh, when I was in San Diego for the Hall of Fame uh, Veterans Committee vote, 
I did talk to a well-known baseball executive who was convinced that Correa has a 40 home run season in him and thinks he's a fantastic athlete. Um, but that that's, you know, that's yet to be determined. He looks like he's a pretty good athlete. And in a lot of cases, the good athletes age better in baseball than the non-athletes. So, I mean, there's some plausibility there as to, you know, why the, the Giants were willing to go out that far. 13 years is still a little bit of a, a extreme um, for a guy who's a very good player, not a great player. He's not Bryce Harper. He's not Aaron Judge. Uh, he's not Shohei Otani. He definitely isn't. Uh, but he's good. He's damn good. And he's a Boris client. And uh, you put all that together, and it's going to lead to something outrageous being signed uh, by some club. And I just wonder uh, if it's good for the game. And once we all come back, it's almost impossible not to come back to this in every conversation about the Twins and spending. I just wish they had a system like the other professional leagues where there's a salary cap and I would want a salary floor. And first of all, that'd be great for everybody. Second of all, it would then make every team have to make good decision after good decision, not be able to buy out their mistakes. Uh, And if you had a salary floor, then you also wouldn't see what I think is the current major problem of Major League Baseball, which is some teams just say, okay, we know we can't compete, so we're not even going to try to compete, which is basically what happened with the Twins in the late 90s. They're like, you know, Carl Pollard was like, well, I know we can't win, so why would I spend like an extra $20 million just to get closer to 500, you know? I want to see a salary cap. I want to see a salary floor. I want to see no teams just being able to spend stupid money, and I want to see no teams who are able to spend nothing. I want to see everybody in the same class, and I will. The court, my correlation to that is: I wish the players' association and people like Boris cared more about the average player and the fringe player than they did about just getting the top one percent as Setting much precedence. money as possible. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, they're always, they're always talking about pushing the envelope and setting a new precedent that, that needs to be top this, top that. Uh, you're correct. Um, the other thing, too, is that in, in their, with their logic, if they agree to a salary floor, then in theory, that means you can also uh, argue for a salary ceiling. And they don't, they don't want that. Um, I see. I blame both sides on this. Um, my argument is that, that you don't hear about small market, big market crap in any other professional sport other than baseball. Right. Okay. And the owners have created this uh, conundrum here. And at the top of the list is how they distribute television revenue, local TV revenue. Everybody in the NFL puts their revenue in the same pot and splits it up 32 ways. Baseball doesn't do that. I think they do like up to 30 percent. Uh, local revenues. So you got some teams like the Dodgers and the Yankees and even the Angels who are whose annual television contracts cover their payroll. When you have teams like the Twins, who I, I think get forty million a year from Valley Sports North, which is like in the bottom eight of baseball, um, the Twins are still getting more revenue from ticket sales than they are the television contract, and it's just hard for them to compete. Um, for free agents or just be able to retain good players uh, than these other teams. Um, and so their wiggle room for making mistakes and trying to outspend their mistakes is much smaller than a team like the Yankees who can add a Josh Donaldson and complain about him all year 
and or sign an Aaron Hicks and complain about him all year and just find someone to top him the next year and carry their dead ass weight on the on the payroll. So um I, I think baseball owners have to address their situation as much as the players association has to um it has to uh keep the interest of the Milliman um in line because while uh, the Correas and, you know, the Rodons are cashing in. Uh, you got the average player who reaches his early 30s, and all of a sudden they're a ship without a harbor because, you know, they're kind of stuck in the middle where teams want to protect, protect their prospects and controllable assets uh, for as long as they can instead of, you know, bringing in someone who has a, a few years of experience who isn't the top player but could definitely help the squad. So um, it's a mess that uh, I think that both sides could address. All right, let's get back to the field now. Uh, So I look at this roster and even though I would have, of course, liked to see Correa on this team, uh, you know, and I, and if they had signed him for 10 years, $285 million, that would have been one of the biggest stories in franchise history that they were willing to spend that kind of money. But still uh, I really think, as much as people I know don't want to hear this, they still have a chance of being a good team because when, if Buxton's healthy and if they have reasonable health on the rest of the roster, I still see the possibility of a good team here. They could use another platoon shortstop or at least somebody to help them bridge to Royce Lewis, assuming Royce Lewis is going to be the answer. And I think he might be. Uh, And of course you're always looking for somebody who could be your ace or develop into your ace. But for a team that, hasn't made any moves other than Christian Vasquez and we'll get to him later. Yeah. I don't, I don't see a ton of weaknesses if they're healthy. And if some of the young players come on, uh, I, I agree with you, uh, Jimmy. Um, I think that, um, I like the young and I like the upside of this roster a lot. <laughs> like if we could keep, uh, if we keep Carol off on the field all year. I think he's going to put up numbers. I think Larnick shows promise. I think Matt Walner shows promise. Um, Buxton, of course, will be leading this team if he can stay on the field. It's a lot of ifs, um, but there's some young talent here. You know, I really like Bailey Ober and Josh Winder. I like their arms a lot, you know, but, you know, these guys have a history of being able to handle workloads. I don't know, you know, where they're headed professionally, but there's there's talent on this roster. Ozzy Miranda, he's got a chance to be a cornerstone. I mean, I got people complaining to me, why did we get rid of Rochelle? He's a good player. I said, He's a good player. He's a solid infielder. He can hit a little bit, but Jose Miranda is like the upside with Miranda is 10 times as much yeah. as a Charlotte, and it's time to give him third base. And you have the defending batting champion, Elisa Rice, currently on the roster as well. So there's some things to like about this roster. I think fans, and they're going to hate hearing this, fans get so fixated on how much the Twins are spending um, that they're overlooking what they already have on their roster. Um, and the history of baseball s- says that you could compete, you know, without having to outspend everybody. Can you win a World Series? That's a little bit of a challenge. But at the same end, when's the last time the Dodgers won the World Series? When's the last time the Yankees won the World Series? You know, and they outspend teams annually. You know, um, the Dodgers won in 2020, and that's like their one World Series in about what 40, 50 years, the Yankees haven't won since two thousand. Yep. Two thousand. It's been. No, they, no, they won in two thousand nine. They've won nine. once. Yeah, I'm right. They've won one. So the Yankees have won one World Series since two thousand nine. Uh, since two thousand, the yeah, Dodgers the, the have won Phillies. one World Series since like the 
seventies. Yeah. So I, I, meanwhile, you do have stories like the Royals getting breaking through and going to the world series and, and the, the Rays, you know, being competitive. So it, it, it can be done. It's not impossible. Is it harder? Yes. Uh, but you know, you, you look at this roster and when people don't want to, um, recognize the other fact too is that my God, the number of injuries on this team last year was ridiculous, and it's got to be an outlier. It's got to be. It just has to be better than it was a year ago. So um, even without Korea, I think this team, you know, is is not a pushover in the AL Central. Yes. Uh, what? So I think the first thing that happened when Correa didn't sign with the Twins is everybody said, "Okay, who that? You know, what do you do at shortstop?" And I talked to Falvey and basically said, "Hey." Farmer's a good player. Uh, obviously, he hits left-handed pitching much better than he hits right-handed pitching. Maybe you find a platoon for him. Maybe you patch it together with Nick Gordon and and you know and maybe a spot start start for Polanco. You know, just to get to Royce Lewis and see what Royce Lewis can do. I wouldn't be surprised to see them sign kind of a field fielding first or a a somebody who can switch hit or or. You know, there's probably a shortstop out there. I'm not thinking of who would fit into their plans. Well, what do you think they're going to do? Um, I, at, th- at this point, Jim, there's not a short stuff out there. I think they can bring in, I want to say maybe sign Elvis Andros, who was really good for the White Sox last year. He was. To the, to the point where some White Sox fans wanted him to remain the, for- the shortstop after Tim Anderson got healthy, which is crazy because Tim Anderson is a former batting champion. So, uh, but, um, I would hodgepodge it to Royce Lewis. And we, I think we're forgetting, you know, what Royce Lewis showed before he got injured. Uh, playing position he didn't have a lot of experience playing in. Uh, he's he's always been a fantastic athlete. He's got range. He's got an arm. Um, he's had to work through the years of not being an athlete playing shortstop, but a shortstop playing athlete. And he's been slowly making that transition. And I think uh, he held his own in the moments that he was given last year. And to me, it's not the worst thing in the world uh, waiting a half a year for him to get ready. He also have he also have Austin. Is Austin Matthews? Why? Why am I? Why am I drawing a brain? Austin Martin. Austin Martin. The car. Yeah. Yes. Austin Martin. And you have uh, Lee, who they drafted in the first round last year, who is showing all the signs of being an impact player. Yep. So, you know, down the road they're covered as short. Um, they just you know made a big run in trying to keep uh, a high end player like Correa. So I once again I it's it's not going to be awful. It's not like this is a. 70 win team. I said, now I know last year went haywire, but a lot of that was because of, of health, injuries and health, guys health, breaking health, down. Health. Yeah. But there's talent here and ascending talent. A lot of guys we just mentioned are young players in their early to mid 20s who are still getting experience. And this is going to be a tough team to deal with, I think, a couple years down the road. If if people can get behind that, maybe they need to take a reset or or just kind of settle with this roster and let it ferment for a year. Right. And the other thing we know about young talent, and we've seen it many times in this franchise, is uh, sometimes they think, okay, maybe this is the year that our young talent starts establishing itself, and maybe we'll win in a couple of years, and then all of a sudden, they catch fire. I mean, 2001 Twins, uh, 2002 Twins, those are young teams that got way ahead of schedule very rapidly. Uh, you know, the, I mean, so it can happen. Uh, and the other thing is, the way that sports popularize themselves these days, they all take a lesson from the NFL, which when I started covering the NFL, they shut down for four months a year. You didn't hear a word about them. And then they just try to get, you know, try to 
amassed their popularity during the regular season. They learned eventually that you can be popular every day of the year if you base your popularity on speculation and the kind of things that talk radio can seize upon and the kind of stuff that fans like to kick around at the bar all the time. Uh, so we all get caught. I think the fan base and the media get caught up in the idea that you've got to win the pennant on December 12th. You've got to win the pennant on January 1st. And then you look back the last year and you realize that 90% of the free agent moves that were made did nothing for their teams. Every once in a while, somebody gets just the right free agent, adds them to just the right team, and that makes the difference. It does happen. But if you want, if you look at it mathematically, 90% of the free agent signings do nothing. Either they are either they don't elevate their team or they don't perform well uh, or they don't accomplish what they were supposed to accomplish to justify their salary. The Twins could be accused of having a terrible offseason every day from now until March 30th. And then on March 30th, they could trade for somebody and makes us go, oh, wow, that's pretty good. Um, you're right. Here's the thing, too. Winning the offseason doesn't mean crap. The White Sox right. won the offseason a couple years ago. And where did it get them? You know, um, making big moves at the winter meetings. And, you know, generating a lot of headlines and getting a lot of notoriety does that does not equate to having a lot of success. So um, sometimes a slow and steady approach does does um, does work out. And as we know, with Derek Falvey and Thad Levine, they continue to tinker on this roster up until opening day. All of a sudden, I got hit with something here and it's making me sneeze. And so um, they. You know, are going to continue to look for upgrades and try to swing trades. And, you know, remember, they were rumored to be uh, talking to the Marlins about Pablo Lopez, who's a really good right-handed pitcher. He is. Um, and, you know, that could definitely upgrade the ro- the rotation. So, you know, they're they're looking at upgrades. The trades may be their, their strongest avenue here. Um, but, you know, we're just at the halfway point of the offseason. We've got all of January, we got all of February, and we got all of March. And uh, we'll see how this roster looks uh, by opening day. So you can't totally give up. And Thurian has something saying, this is it. Uh, the Twin season sucks. Stay away from Twitter if you want. To, if you don't want to uh, be uh, brainwashed into thinking that. Because uh, Twitter, Twins Twitter is a cesspool right now. They're all down. They're upset. They're screaming. They're balled up in the field position. They're on the floor pounding their fists like a three-year-old that can't get ice cream for dessert. Uh, just ignore all that and take the long view and see how this roster turns out. Cause there's still a couple moves out there that the twins can make that make you say, Hey, this team is going to uh, be a factor next year to AL central, which is a, a division that can be had. The white Sox lost Jose Abreu to the Houston Astros. Uh, I believe the Indians have added Josh Bell, which is a good signing. I'm a Josh Bell fan. Uh, that's going to help them. And, they're going to be formidable. They have a good pitching staff. We all saw that from the ace, uh, Shane Bieber, all the way down to their closer, Emmanuel Classe. Um, and, you know, they have an offense that's evolving. So they're going to be a tough nut to crack. But what the hell have the White Sox done this offseason? They haven't made an impact move. You know, the Twins can be right there with them. So uh, let's let's see how this shakes out. This isn't the time to give a grade on the Twins offseason. No, uh, we have no idea what the team's going to look like. And even again, I will go back to this. If they do nothing this offseason, I would still go into the season very intrigued by what this team can do. And and maybe it would be a two-year build. Maybe, they, again, maybe if they're healthy and guys like Kirilov and Miranda and Buxton are producing the way they are capable of producing, maybe they just take off. I mean, remember, 
they were eight games above 500 last year when Byron Buxton started. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's that he is the key. He remains the key. No matter what else they do this offseason, he will be the key. Let's do one more segment here. Uh, let you know that at talknorth.com, we've got Cheryl Reeve, Michael Russo, Anthony DeLapanta, Mike Grimm, Jeff Diamond, John Krasinski, John Millay, uh, Dave Lee, outdoor content, Roy Smalley, Lavelle Neal. Uh, we have just so much good stuff. Subscribe to your favorite podcast app. That is the free, easy way to listen. You can always go to talknorth.com to check out our variety of shows. We've got also got Nate Prosser. We've basically got four hockey shows at this point. Check it all out. We do appreciate it. Once again, thank you to Corona, the official import beer sponsor of the Minnesota Twins and the presenting sponsor of the Chin Music Show at talknorth.com. As we're talking on Friday, the Twins are introducing Christian Vasquez. What do you think of the catching situation now that Vasquez is on board? Stable. Um, basically, didn't have a catching situation last year. As soon as Jeffers went down, because because uh, Gary Sanchez is an, is inadequate behind the plate, and he was inadequate. At, uh, I'm sorry, at the plate, and basically he was a waste of protoplasm on this roster. And now he's moved on. I think he's still a free agent. So uh, they brought in a guy who's a credible catcher, and they need to do that. And Christian Vasquez, you know, is uh, he'll 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 provide a little bit of offense, but you know the thing is he's a solid defensive catcher. He's got a good arm. Uh, he's going to handle pitchers well. He'd be really good for this this developing staff with young arms. Um, I like to move a lot. I think uh, it sounded like they had to uh, offer him a third year in order to seal the deal, and they did. So I, you know, I give him credit. I think Satch- I think uh, Vasquez is going to be uh, a good asset to pair with Jeffers. It's unfortunately he's not a left-handed hitter, so they have like a lefty-righty pl- pl- platoon going on. Um, but uh, he is going to work well with the staff, and you may see better pitching because of it. So uh, it's a good, solid move uh, for for the Twins to bring in a guy who's got some credibility behind the plate. No doubt about it. Lavelle, we're going to let you go uh, clear your sinuses, and we'll come back next week. We'll talk more about – we'll talk about moves, non-moves, the trade market. We'll also talk about just how fascinating this fan base is. I think it's the only fan base in Minnesota that – instead of being irrationally exuberant is irrationally yeah. uh, angry all the time. Uh, it, it's a fascinating thing to see because it's not the way the other Minnesota fan bases behave. So let's get into that dynamic as well for today. Thank you to Brandon Morton, our producer. Thank you for listening to talknorth.com. Check out all the other shows and we will talk to you next week. Thanks everybody. And I just want to point out all the stuff we're yeah. saying about the roster right now is what we were saying at the end of last year. So it's not in a knee-jerk reaction to them not signing anybody at this point. I think Jim and I have been high on this roster for several months, going back to like October, September and October, when we were looking ahead to 2023. So keep that in mind. Or not. Whatever you want to do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>